it's Tuesday morning and perhaps our biggest guest to date, an absolute legend, multi-sport legend, a former Dubs player, Irish basketball international, Wild Rover, multiple championships with DCU, Mercy, five-time varsities champion, um, and now playing our trade as a rugby player with the Irish team and Leinster rugby. It is the one, the only. It's Lindsay Pete. Hey, everybody. It's Jago here with the Shot Clock Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with a legend of many, many sports. Former ABFRC and DCU Mercy player. Let, let's go multi-sport now. Leinster rugby, Irish rugby, Dublin. Dublin. Par, sorry, Parnell's GAA. Good man. Go Parnell's first. Yeah. And the dubs. legend. Lindsay Pete, welcome to the podcast. I, I, like, I'm sitting here, I'm fanboying now. I can't believe I have you on. Well, so. Jesus, the feeling's mutual. I'm there going, <laughs> Jago is interviewing me. And I'll yeah. thanks so much for having me on, honestly. Lindsay, you, you had to be on. You know what I mean? You just, you had to be on. Like, if anybody deserves their own episode, it's, it's you, right? So we'll, we'll start at the start. We'll go through everything and we'll see how long this takes because I have a feeling it'd be like Tuesday or Wednesday by the time we finish. But anyway. Minimal. <laughs> so look, I started every episode the same about COVID and, you know, the lockdown and the whole lot. But now we're coming back out of it. You're back training with, with the rugby. How are you finding transitioning back to the real world after that lockdown was so long? Do you know what? It was kind of, I was very lucky to be able to continue to train. Um, I was one of the few teams we were allowed to train. Now, there was kind of ups and downs within that. You know, we were meant to have World Cup qualifiers kind of last December 2020. Before that was September 2020. So COVID has its impact. However, I was so grateful to keep training. Um, so from that aspect, it was great to have a focus. Um, it was great to get out of the house. I don't miss homeschooling or <laughs> work from home and trying to homeschool at the same time that I'm not a good multitasker in that sense. So I was like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I think it just puts into perspective, you know, everything we spoke before we started, how special the green jersey is. I had that at basketball with Ireland. That gave me the, it gave me the goo. It gave me that, it, it was the bug that bit. I know basketball itself was a, it just bit me from the moment I picked up the basketball, but I'd never made an underage Irish team. So to make a senior Irish team was just the moment of all moments in my sporting career. It still is. And to be able to now use that experience and all those feelings and try to replicate that in an Irish rugby jersey has been immense. And I suppose when you strip all that back, I was allowed to go over the memories in the last year, um, reconnect with people, talk about old stories, the Masters trying to get back in tournaments and, you know, get a pickup game. And and even I met Ethan McDermott over the, the lockdown when we were kind of in and out and there's a kill court down in Rings End and we got to, we actually played a pickup game and your man obviously recognised us from the rugby, but he goes, oh, you look like he's played a bit. And we were like, oh yeah, we did actually. And we didn't have the heart to tell him. We're like, yeah, don't worry about it, son. Two ex-Irish internationals, like absolutely schooling us. And it was, but it was great. Like we weren't, we weren't assholes about it either. Do you know what I mean? But we like really enjoyed and we took the moments to kind of tr show off the fancy shots or whatever, or a couple of drives to uh, back with a bit of a windmill thrown in, you know? And uh, <laughs> so it was just, it was time. It was nice time. I took the time to take stock. I also enjoyed, to be honest, 
it's kind of hard juggling everything. So to be away from, we have a five-year-old, to be away from my wife and my son, it's it's a selfish decision I make for, for me because I have it. But it was nice to kind of try and reconnect with them and be home and spend the time. So I enjoyed it. It was a nice mix for me, to be honest, Jacob. Really nice mix. Very honest answer. You know, like it is, it's tough for people. People don't really realize, you know, the bubble that they're in. Like we, we spoke about off camera. When you're yeah. in that high intensity bubble of, of elite sport, you know, it's not until you step back from it that you realize the pressure that you're under. And to be able yeah. to step back over the last year while still training, but not really having a definitive goal to aim for was nice that you could, you yeah. know, what we're training for a tournament that will take yeah. place sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. Whenever COVID buzzes out. It's like, it's like a badly written sci-fi movie. It's like, yeah, sometime in the future, there will be a tournament. <laughs> like, all right, yes. cool, yeah. We'll and we cannot there. wait. But I think, didn't it bring back the social side of people? Like you were able to actually, it was nice to pick up the phone to people or you actually enjoyed meeting people. And it, it, can't, it sounds kind of cutthroat, but you're actually able to strip back the people that you really missed and you really connected with. And I think the basketball community really connected on a very different level because if I'm honest, it was the one sport I was so sad. Like after Jordan's, you know, after the Netflix series, like now when I said, man, I adored it. Like I'm in me, me Jordan nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I root with this out, especially for this tour. Many opportunities <laughs> I'm getting. I'm like, I'll throw on. You should see the pair of Jordans I have as well. I would have put them on, except we're not interviewing my feet. But um, <laughs> like I just saw from the the kind of surge of motivation that that like generated for us as a sport, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for basketball to get back to what what we were like when we me and you were growing up. Yeah. And the absolute buzz about it. Um, when COVID hit, I just thought that stripped us back to, you know, basketball and we're getting back to a place where we're getting teams back to the international level. We're getting people, you know, invested again. And I really think the one one sport, you know, a lot of the indoor sports, everyone was affected, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, we're having a special connection to, you know, being a baller and whatever, it, I thought was really affected. But I was able to, you know, having the Wild Rovers groups and having the crack and I said, go down to... To, to Trish Nolan and connecting with Michelle Fahey when we called and Vicky Ron who I've known since I was 16 and played with these are all people I met through basketball yeah. and to, to strip all that back and, and remind myself of all the just amazing family members I met from as I said started playing at 13 they're still there like 27 years later like that's testament to the family we have you know but that's basketball oh that is basketball that's Irish basketball that's that's basketball that's, that's what it is like I started this podcast and I was like, Jesus, hit, like, I don't know whether people are going to want to come on and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send a few messages and see who we can yeah. get, you know? And then you're, you're, you know, any chance? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Oh yeah, I'll do that. And you're like, oh Jesus. And then all of a sudden, like now it's getting to the point where people are texting me going, when are you doing my episode? And you're like, oh. <laughs> I'll okay. start you to make the list, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through. I'll get to you, like, but like, it's just, it was, it was that I, I, I'd missed basketball so much that I needed to connect to people that, you know, made me smile when I was a kid. The Rick Leonards, the Gabe Jacksons, you know, Lenny, and then guys I played with like Pac Lover and Dave Donnelly. And just to be able to sit and talk about old war stories, it's, it just, it's, it makes you feel young again. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives you that giddy feeling like, because yeah. just, and 
that's the other thing. There are unique personalities in the basketball world. There was always the Mazers, there was always the high intellect, the shooters, like they, all those personalities that we used to, they were on every team. Yeah. And like, like obviously I played with like Sharon and Katrina White and, you know, all these Mazers who I just love and adore, but I know would lay their body on the line for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a unique, a unique family that, yeah, just shout out a lot of love to all of them. Yeah, big shout out to the whole basketball community in Ireland. Um, we'll get on to stuff you've done after the under-20s and um, were trolled, but we'll get on to that later on. Let's go back to the start. You said ABFRC, I remember that gym. I remember the drive through McDonald's across from the gym. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing or not. I think that was the perk of having to go to the hall that never had grip. <laughs> Probably was, yeah. But who, what, or why inspired you to pick up a ball for the first time? Joe you know actually was my mum. It's funny enough, um, oh, it's gas. It's typically Irish, isn't it? My mum met a girl she went to school with and her brother was setting up a basketball team. So randomly, me, my mum came home, she, like didn't ask me, kind of told me. She's like, um, so I met so-and-so and her brother setting up a basketball team. So you're going to join it on Saturday. And I remember going across. And I was like, all oh, right. And went across to the, we used to play, as you look at the ABFRC, to the course on the left first. Yeah. Um, really narrow do you remember the really narrow backboards we loved it um, and we went over there and that was our first training session and it was kind of a bit slow now the two lads I hung around with that time um, Bernard um, and Brian Whiston Bernard Rowan Brian Whiston who both would have played with Leicester underage uh, they had started we used to play soccer and the, they were my only two neighbours at that age and then we they started picking up a ball so it kind of mixed. It was my mom first sent me on to ABFC. And then we started picking up the ball with the lads. And I really, it was like a duck to war. I absolutely loved the fact that I could consistently get the ball in the basket. And then there was other poor little mites who could like be choking them up, barely get up to the, <laughs> barely get up to the net or barely pass the ball. And that's just beginner's basketball. But because I was playing with the outdoor course with the lads, you were picking up a ball all the time. It just took over. Like I adored basketball and you're talking about the drive through McDonald's. If we were going anywhere, anywhere walking, you would put the ball through your legs, we'd bounce. And I'd say to the neighbours, like, if I hear the echo of basketball, <laughs> I will kill it. Uh, but that's where I started really. So I mean, like little did my mom know, um, like honestly, my mom, I describe my mom as a female got one. Like she's just a beautiful soul. She's mad for the crack. She's so sociable. She knows the importance of those team settings and being involved in something to keep mm-hmm. you off streets and all that. But as regards to sport and thing, no, she wouldn't have known from that angle. And little did she know, she just opened up a world. And I suppose she only said to me the other day, like she probably only looking back at it now, probably didn't take enough opportunity. I remember they came to one game and Maria O'Toole was coaching with Mark. And I'll tell you that story down the line, but I got called <laughs> off and he's absolutely spewing at me and I'd say they never came to a game after that but it was good crack I was like typically they come to one game I'm hauled off being given out to um, yeah Marie and Marie is ejected from the gym so I was like it was all kicking off was gas amazing but yeah it was her it was just her we took off brilliant my, my mum and dad bought me my first ball as well strange isn't it like that there was an yeah. outdoor and but we were talking off camera the ball was part of our hand when we grew all up. the time 24-7, yep. we, we, we played basketball. We were on the courts. And yep. you know, kids need to get back to that now. Look at that beautiful summer out there. Get out and play. 100%. And if anyone is involved in any local authorities and you have the money, 
develop our parks, develop our outdoor spaces. Ireland is a country that needs to just get out and utilize the space because that's what we had, me and you had grown up. That's where we connected with people. Like our pickup games in ABR4C, like as you mentioned, off camera, Fran Stacey, uh, Jared Larkin, Dave Larkin, uh, uh, Paddy Kelly, who else do we have? Fran Stacey, Sharon, the Scallies. Like the pickup game was 20 kids up there day in, day out. People have come, you know, from the court, other courts, play with us. Yeah. And we just, it was, you wouldn't get that in a National League level, like for that age group. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like this is part of many training. Yeah. And then as I said, they wouldn't, they'd be, they'd be schooling you. But you either come back and we're ready to get better or you just hooked off and dried your tears. <laughs> you know? Look, that's that's the truth. You know what I mean? And, and when you stuck with it, you went far. You yes. know what I mean? That's the thing. Like what we, what we learned back then is the reason we're still around now. Yeah, you know and I'm a... You're at a, different, you're at a different level than I ever was. No. Still, that's not know? true now, my friends. Don't make me come through this screen and sort <laughs> shit out. You know that's not true. Like I have been blessed to be able to transfer the skills and the ethos and the work ethic. And I said that in the video for the under-20s. Every valuable lesson, life lesson that I learned was through the basketball family. I do not take that away and I'll never not put that forward because that's where my tough times were. That's the, the fucking amazing, excuse my language, the amazing people who got me through that um, and took, took up my craft when I was going through some hard times and probably very had the skill level but my attitude was poor so everything that I learned genuinely was through the basketball community and I without that and without that reassurance and going through that process and believing that I could add something or just going through the journey I needed to that that's all from basketball like I was 20 years nearly learning all that like I was nearly 30 before I made a 26 25 26 before I made a senior Irish team and that progressed on to Dublin and then I progressed on to an Irish rugby team and as I said, those foundations were laid and it's, it is the life lessons, it's the mistakes I learned and if you want it that badly, if you want that jersey standing, sitting behind you, the proudest punch on your wall, um, it's that and that's where I'm like, we don't, I am about positive, I'd never give up. As much as I'm kind of barking, I'd never give up. Um, but mistakes are good. Mistakes are good and I don't think we allow when we're teaching kids enough to make it. It's all right. Just keep going. Anytime I've coached, I've asked for two things. Never tell me you can't do it. And just give me everything you got. They're the only two things I ever asked for. As regards making me improve, that's my job as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your attitude is all on you. Absolutely. I've, I've two things. I always say to the team, don't be afraid to fail once you fail forward. And the other thing is never apologize. I don't want to hear sorry. I just don't want right. to hear... like. As a nation, we apologize too much. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. sorry. No. So I've, I've banned the word sorry from my training sessions. Good. Because I just, I just, you've nothing to apologize. You made a mistake. Learn from it. Don't apologize. Yeah. You haven't, like, you've done nothing to me. You've lost the ball. Just go and be better the next time. That's it. You know what I mean? Or work hard to get it back. Yeah. That's dirty options. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. So over the years, DCU lifer, yep. two-time league winner, two-time national cup winner, four-time or five-time varsities champion. That's just basketball. We leave everything mm -hmm. else to the side for a minute. <laughs> Who's been your favourite teammate and why? And it's a very tough question because obviously playing with the Wild Rovers now, you've got a whole bunch of different personalities there. Yeah, so I'm not stupid either. <laughs> so I've gone through this list. 
So I'm going to give every, like I've played with exceptional players. Like this would be the hardest question I've ever had to take. Um, and I actually am going to pick Mary Fox. I was okay. an American. And like, listen, like you said, with Sharon, with Suzanne McGuire, Julian uh, Hayes, Michelle Aspel, Katrina White. Uh, who else got Elaine Scully? I played against Denise Walsh, Michelle Fahey, Grania Dwar, Neve Dwar. The list is endless. Like, and I couldn't pick one out of that group. But why I picked Mary is we spoke before we got on about, I suppose, players coming in and immersing themselves. And Mary Fox to me was the utmost professional of how her application, how she bought in. She eventually played for Ireland and she stayed here for three years. Um, she brought her family over. And Mary stripped back and gave all of herself. Um, she played D1 in Iowa State. I'm still in touch with her now. I'd, I miss her. You know, I had great fun around her. She was always great, great fun. And she was just a great friend. And that's not to say any of the players that I, they're still amazing people. Um, but just probably one that came to mind that she had hard times here. Some of our Americans didn't last. They didn't buy in. They didn't. And I hated that. I hated that you were coming here and taking money ahead of players that don't get paid and do it on, a, on an amateur basis and give their lives to it. I need more from you. So it's probably quite hard in our pros. Um, but I felt, yeah, Mary gave everything that she could have to make us better around her, to make the team better. I thought she sacrificed everything. So for those reasons and what qualities she brought as a player on top of, of the talent, we, we certainly had exceptionally talented Irish players that I just listed before there. Um, and I never take that away. And as I said, I'm not going to be stupid and pick one of them. I wish I could combine them all. Uh, so I went with Mary. I went with Mary for, as I said, she didn't come in with any airs of grace as coming from a D1 school. She really bought in. Yeah, and she was there for some of our most successful periods. And uh, and I've seen that for the likes of Glamour. I mean, Jennifer Strong did it for them. She was exceptional. Um, and there were some very lucky teams throughout the league. And I know, obviously, the men's league always had the mixture between the one pro and the two pros. And, and we were exceptional with like Clyde, what Mark would have had at, um, at Calestra at times. There were some set, exceptional players. But yeah, to be part of that on a player playing with someone, I got frustrated with a lot of them. So yeah, I'm going to pick Mary. It's a good choice. Yeah. Excellent choice. So over the years, you've played against probably the... Oh, when you came into the league, like the, the, the night... It, late 80s early 90s for me was like such an amazing time for women's basketball in Ireland mm -hmm. <laughs> with the likes of Angie McNally you June Blount you the Amory Coins that like, you know what I mean amazing amazing players but yeah. who's been the toughest person you've had to guard while you were playing in the league and then likewise who was that one person that you'd go Jesus I really don't want her to guard me tonight well I'm gonna start with with uh the second part of that question and it kills me to give it to her right because <laughs> when me and her were playing against each other Neve Dwyer drove me absolutely cracked and so much so it probably it took us a while to get that relationship going when we were playing in Irish teams together and I remember playing up in Donegal right in that Kenny decided to move to finals and we were playing Glamour Marky says to me like if Lindsay's in good form the team be in good form so Mark's always trying to keep me relaxed you know Whereas I'm playing forest starter in my head, you know, ready to set the place in life. And Neve comes up and she goes, best of luck today. Or something to that nature, but she certainly slapped me in the and I absolutely lost it. It was gone. I was gone. My head was gone. Um, 
probably that then impacted the team. The team were gone and all because she knew how to play me. And not only that, she just knew how to annoy me in the court. She used to do this thing, you know, like taking a charge. She'd be so dramatic. And I was like, you, I swear. And I, I just get so angry. I was like, that's not etiquette. That's not basketball etiquette. Don't start that. And she came, obviously, she was on scholarship in the States and she was unbelievable. So as regards the, yeah, it kills me. It kills me, but I'm going to give it to Neve to her. I absolutely hate her because she's the same mentality as myself. She'd never give up. She'd never let you go. And she thrived on getting one over in you. And probably second to her would have been asphalt. She was so same, not as not as demented as me or myself, uh, but her sheer athleticism. Um, who was the toughest to mark in the league? Derbla Breen was exceptional. Derbla was an exceptional point guard and extremely smart. Um, Denise Walsh was another one, but I didn't get to to kind of cross over with Denise enough. I didn't have success underage at that stage. Like she was number one for Jaren, rightly so. She was exceptional. She was playing with Tolka. Um, she would have played with Castle Island for a while. She was obviously so successful in skills basketball, but unfortunately we didn't cross over at that time. Um, so yeah, probably Dervla. Yeah, was what the one player, I hated. Super players, Neve Dwyer, what a player, and transitioning to coaching now as well. So smart. Yeah, she's so smart. And that was the thing about Neve. Like, uh, I suppose Mark had alluded to, I probably had all the athletic attributes, but as regards being this orthodox point guard who was able to control a team, no, I was probably the craziest. And that was the hard bit. And I also came from a street ball background. Like, I tried with street ball. So Mark wanted me to be, you know, Mark, he was so regimented with his plays. I was like, for God's sake. So we were kind of, we'd have to find that happy ground. So you know how he works. If it worked out for, if my my mad decisions worked out, then he was happy. If I made a crazy decision and it was against the play, then I was kind of benched. So, yeah, we had to come to that common ground. But, um, yeah, it just, I loved it. I loved it. Brilliant. So, multi-sport athletes, many different pre-game routines depending on the sport you're playing. Well, have you any superstitions? And do they transfer between sports? Yes. <laughs> so I don't want to be comfortable saying this. So hopefully it goes like obviously worldwide and you're going to be on this show. And don't forget us, Jago, you know, when you're on Saturday Night Live, okay? But yeah, when I was younger, um, it has to be the same underwear, same undershorts, same sports, same socks. Right, that that was a must. I remember playing an under eighteen maybe game against Gloucester, and uh, something wasn't washed. Made me undershorts, and we lost. And I actually had a bad game, and I was like, "That's because the undershorts." That is one hundred percent because I didn't wear the right undershorts. Like that's how crazy it was. Uh, food wise, this is so so primitive Dublin. Um, like. And our manager for the Irish team, used to, like we used to eat in one of the little Italian restaurants in Tala Village um, before our game, home games. And it'd be the best of food, uh, pizzas, pasta, you name it. And pasta didn't agree with me. It just, I just can't digest it. Still to these days, like, everyone's like, pasta, look pasta pee. And I was like, oh, I love the pasta. Do not give it to me. And mine was like, I was like, Anne, I'm really sorry, but in my head, I'm just not settled. I need to get my pre-match meal. And it's basically like, you know, those French baguettes with just butter and like basically a packet of ham. That'd be it. And like a bottle of Olvic. And I'd mix that kind of with Lucasade sport. I'd, even to just say I'd have a lot more like liquid glucose, you know, that liquid fuel, because I'd be so nervy before a game and I'd have to be four hours on the boat and four hours before tip off. 
I look back on you are a weirdo. <laughs> but that helped the head. So if they were all right, I was relaxed. If yeah. that didn't go to plan, I was like, no, it's going to be a bad day. And then I'd be up in my head. Um, and that's, I mean, life has been a journey now. I'm like going back and going, man, you sent yourself crazy with all these superstitions that you 100% believed in and the power of the mind led you to believe that. You know, it impacted you so much because I couldn't relax. Same thing with a warm-up. We were so many years, like one of the semi-finals against Glamour, I went into triple overtime. Jennifer Scott Strong scored from the corner. Mark specifically to this day said, I told nobody to help off that second screen for her. She hit the hardest shot in the arena. For spectators, I'd say it was the best game of basketball that year. It was unbelievable. You know, punch for punch, toe for toe, you name it, basket for basket. And we eventually got over the hump and got to the final after many, many heartaches to between basically Glamour and UL. But in those warm-ups, I used to think if I wasn't so serious, um, it wouldn't set the tone. I wouldn't be concentrating and we'd be losing the game. That, that actually, looking back, and I had the total opposite effect because I was so intense. I'd say all my teammates were absolutely crapping themselves to make a mistake. And they were having the giggles and the laughs. Like one of our best games uh, before UL and their unbeaten 54-game streak or something, we ended. But the night before, Mary Fox's brothers came over and we had to basically go down and escort them out of the grave diggers. So we'd been trying in DCU. We left them at Matt Weldon's. We went over, we left a message that they were going to the graveyard. We're like, I don't know where that is. But the cemetery, they kept calling the cemetery. We were like, oh, do they mean the grave diggers? Because they kept going on about the cemetery and all the Irish history around Glasnevin. And we went down to the grave diggers. Now, her eldest brother, Pat, was so prim and proper. His cap was facing forward, didn't say very much. Now, when we found Pat, his denim shirt was open to reveal his white T-shirt. His cap was backwards and he had a Guinness in one hand, a whiskey in the other. And he'd found probably the local, without being offensive, alcoholic, resident alcoholic in that pub. And that was his new best friend. So we all went down and the atmosphere was great to be fair. But we were playing UL the next day away from home. They were, I think, 52 games, if not 54 games, unbeaten at this stage. So this Dervla, Brain, this Mora Guiney. Um... This unbelievable team. But anyway, it ended up the lads were having drinks and I'm the captain of this time. I'm like, oh my God, if Mark Ingle walks into this pub right now, I don't know what to say to him. The girls were flying spirits. We absolutely hockeyed you well the next day. Everyone was so relaxed. It was such an enjoyable game. Tracy Gain had come over by chance from a contract that ended in Spain. She's like one of the last two to be signed with Susan Moore for the New York Liberty. So this is the calibre of player we got. Um... And I think we ended up beating them by 30 points and ending their run. And all because we had such a good night and relaxed. I remember, like, actually, that was typically Suzanne McGuire. Like, she had one train session, one of these particular train sessions, and she was unbelievable this one Friday night. I said, Borge, what's the story? You are on fire tonight. She's like, too long next to good before training. Right as rain. <laughs> now, she wouldn't have done that all the time. She just, like, they had a, you know, crappy day in work. But, like, she just was like, yeah. That's what, you know, she was just relaxed coming into training and it was just like unbelievable. Now, the other fact of that is it's Suzanne McGore. Could I do that? No. Could many not, athletes? Not many people could. No. So let me be that. Uh, she was unbelievable. So, yeah, they're the stories, they're the superstitions. But looking back at them now, I'm like, wow, you're crazy. So moving on, 
favorite kicks of all time? What was your go-to shoe when you were playing? So I had these, I used to, you know, we all had the boots and you always think in your ankle, you know, I hated them eventually. So I had two lovely pairs. Uh, my probably top was the pair of the low rise and Reebok Iversons, you know, yeah. the zip. They were unbelievable. The grip, unbelievable. So comfortable. They were secure. Um, and you know that like the grip noise. You used to oh, test your shoes on the grip noise. Oh, yeah. 100%. So they were my probably go-to and I had a lovely low pair of uh, Kobe's as well. They were my two go-tos. And what about with rugby? What's your go-to shoe? Too funny. I love Adidas, which is so funny because I only wore Nike. Now, Iverson's were the only other shoe I went outside of Nike. Um, and they were by chance. I think I was maybe in the States or I, like family was in the States and they just brought them home cheap by chance and I loved them. <laughs> But they were very hard to get because, like in the States, Rebox is big, but yeah, really, yeah, yeah. no, they were really, you know, you'd be getting your shit in Foot Locker and it'd be buyers looking at Nike all the time. Rugby, um, I meant to wear a front row boot, but I absolutely hate them. I feel like I'm wearing like steel cap boots. So I tend to wear like a back row boot and they're always added. That's just really light, secure. I can try and do a bit of basketball moves, attempt it. Probably in my head, it looks better than it actually is in the rugby pitch. Well, here's the question, right? So multi-sport athlete, do you find yourself reverting back to your primal thoughts of mm -hmm. basketball when you're on the rugby pitch? Because obviously with, with Gaelic, there is that transition now with like Darren McGovern from Aina is working with the Wicklow rugby team or Wicklow GAA team. Jason yeah. was obviously involved with the dubs for so long. You've Michal Quirk, ex-basketball player, Donahue. Aiden, Aiden O'Sullivan, like there's so many like crossover athletes now. But do you find Lee McHale? Yourself, uh, Lee McHale, obviously the original. Do you find yeah. yourself going back mentally when you get that ball going? Right, if I if I jab step here and cross over, she's gone. Is that like? Do you still go back to that? A hundred percent. And I didn't always. I wasn't kind of a spin move person. You know, I was kind of in and out, forward dribble through the legs, hesitate and go. Um, yeah, I try bring that in all the time. If I was more of a, you know, the post players like pivot up, I'm like, you could totally do that. You know, on a rugby pitch. Plus, I always want a fast break. Like this was the total thing at the start. They were like, no, we need to reset. I'm like, no, let's move the ball. I don't understand. Like I wanted to go, go, go. So. When Adam Griggs plays like Brumbies or Fiji Touch, I'm like, yes, it's like it's like three v three, it's like fast break, it's like eleven man fast break. I'm like, yes, I'm back home, baby. Really? You know, I just want to move it, and I love the speed of it. And you know, I would have loved to try sevens. Now I have no doubt that whether I was going to be fit enough or bring any of those skills, I just think it's easier to manipulate the full pitch with lesser numbers. Do you get what I mean? But and I would have started a bit to kind of accelerate my my transition from basketball, well, basketball, football to rugby with sevens. And I enjoyed it because you could just like, it's only one over the rook. It's, you really have to make your tackle and you can identify the space. But 15s can be kind of, it's definitely progressing much quicker. Like if you can see the men's game, it's quite quick. Obviously there's kicks to territory. You're trying to challenge for kicks. There's, they're trying to make the game more exciting, obviously. Um, and we're going to get there you know we are going to get there you can see some of the like the French were sublime you know I know we had a bad loss probably score didn't really probably reflect our performance we were certainly punished for three poor mistakes with three tries 
21 points to shift in so many, you know, in very short time is a killer mentally. Yeah. But they're just phenomenal athletes and how they play the game, their line speed, how quickly they transitioned from turning the ball over. I'd love to see us do that. Now we're getting there. Like we, we had so, like we were unbelievable and we rightly finished third uh, overall in the tournament of, of 16. But um, yeah, I think we definitely would take anything from the tournament. I'd, I'd love for us to be able to transition because we have so many skillful players um Adam will give us that license to do that and try new things and obviously stick within the game plan as well. So it's, it's very like basketball. You're trying to obviously, you fast break when it's on, you run your plays when it's on, yeah, yeah. you scout the other team and know their weaknesses and their strengths and, and that doesn't change when it comes. We do a lot of video with rugby. Um, like we'll have a huddle up and we get to to go through everything from training now this weekend and you look over it and if you have any questions you relate to the to the coach and stuff. So it's it's an excellent setup and and one that's gone from strength to strength. And like looking back at basketball, I'm like we're in such a good place with some amazing players. I'd love if we could yeah, get it back up and running, invest some more money, but we'll get there. We will get there. So there you go, part one of Lindsay's um episode. More to come in part two. We talk about the Irish women's team. Um her fight for the court, which is challenging Grania Dwarf's team. Should be an epic battle between the two ladies on court. And um, big shout out to the Irish under 18 ladies team. Um Carl Kilbride and Tommy O'Mahony there. Uh getting a huge win against Hungary in their last game of the tournament. Absolutely fantastic performance by everybody. Big shout out to Lucy Coogan. Amazing. 29 points in the last game. Um, I think she was seven for eight from three. Like, unbelievable. Um, the future of Irish basketball, the future of Irish women's basketball is safe. Looking at what's coming through between the 18s and 20s. And also the young girls who, who made their debut with the Irish senior team two weeks ago. Um, Paul Kelleher, big friend of the show. Um, shout out to him and the under 18 boys who flew out on the 1st of August uh, to compete in their European Championships or whatever, challenge, challengers, is that what they're being called these days? Uh, big shout out to them. Best of luck, guys. We'll be tuning in and everybody here at Shot Clock Towers will be tuned in and rooting for you every single day. Um, one last thing before I sign off uh, today. As you may have seen in the Instagram story, I have emailed uh, Minister Jack Chambers um, just to ask him what what is that? <laughs> That's the easiest way of putting it. What do you, what do you, uh, um, indoor sport, still no return. The Irish senior men's are competing in less than a week in front of their home, or in what should be in front of their home crowds. Isaac Westbrook's absolute genius analogy during the week. There will be more people sitting in the penny black pub at the entrance to the basketball arena than are in the basketball arena supporting our men. Minister Chambers, on behalf of the Irish basketball community, please, please come on, sit down and talk to me. Answer our questions and tell us when we can get back in the gym. And until Thursday in part two of Lindsay's episode, this is Jago saying, I'll see you on the court soon, but more than likely, it'll be outdoors.